Hello, everybody. Welcome to Too Big to Fail, a movie-centric podcast that's all about the positive. You know, it's a positive pod. It's a positive pod. Staying positive in the face of great adversity or or bad movies. When I'm with my my good friend and uh, and uh, podcast co-host and special guest Colton Bazinas. Thank you. Hi, it's me. And uh, of course, the dulcet tones you heard before this was uh, the great man Eric Spooky Dominguez, podcast uh, raconteur, uh, confidant, and uh, all around great guy. I like that we introduce each other. Yeah, that's nice. See, it's Something like I have, to say, I have to say three nice things about you as well. So if uh, some of you who don't know, this podcast is is a little different from your average uh, from your average pod. We've got we it is a a, mo- a movie centric podcast. It's a challenge that, pod of sorts. It's a challenge. It is a challenge pod for each us week, more than anyone. Each week, Colton and I would are going to get together and we're going to spin a wheel filled with horrible movies that uh, each of us have put an offered forth to the wheel we have we both we both have separate generally uh not regarded well or or specifically my wheel is movies i don't think that my good friend eric dominguez will enjoy and my wheel or another my wheel is just uh awful i would some of the stuff on there i really don't want to watch i just uh i just pick some horrible garbage i think it would be fun to watch with colton to suffer through with me Yes. And so the rules are if Colton bails on a movie before I do, he thus then has to spin a separate wheel filled with horrible, horrible sitcoms. <laughs> yes. The uh, the punishment wheel of 30 minute sitcoms, uh, m- most of them uh, already already canceled. Yes. All of them were only seen for a year, maybe less. <laughs> yes. Um, so a lot of them due to racism, to be honest, looking at this list. <laughs> Um, we didn't spin that wheel uh, uh, no. before this episode. We were we got through the two movies shockingly, right? Uh, uh, well, a little adjustment actually. We've decided that uh, we will spin both wheels each week. Like you will have to you will have to watch one of the movies from my list, and I will have to watch one of them from yours, and we'll both try to get through them both. And we did that this week. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, and so if another thing, if I if Colton bailed on a movie and I finished it all the way through, I am rewarded with a skip. So I can skip if I roll. Right. If we if I a roll if, again, if you will, a roll again. So so if we get uh, a movie about a a monkey who's also a spy, and I don't want to watch that, I'll just go ahead and skip it. Right. You just roll again. You find roll something again. else. Now that said. That movie does not get removed. It's still in the mix. Yes. A movie um, only gets removed once it is washed and completed. And of course, uh, it doesn't rule out the possibility of you rolling that same movie again, in which case you will just have to watch it and forfeit forfeit your skip. And that will just be the universe telling me I have to watch it. Of this course. Movie. I mean, let's just Lady Fate, Lady Luck. Lady Luck. Uh, uh <laughs> so uh, uh if uh, if you remember from uh, episode zero we did roll my wheel uh first and we got the uh eddie murphy uh critical flop uh the adventures of pluto nash more like pluto ass am i right wow <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so the way we're going to do these is I'm going to say three positive things about it, but I'm also going to summarize it. And, right. You, uh, you, yes. So that is part of the requirements of, of completing the movie is you will have to give a summary as well as list three things that you positively did enjoy about the movie. Pluto Nash came out in 2002. It was directed by Ron Underwood and stars Eddie Murphy. Also stars Randy Quaid and Rosario Dawson. And uh, Johnny Slaps, that his name? Johnny Pants. Johnny Pants. Joey Johnny Pants. Pants. It's Johnny Joey Pantaleonis. Um, the movie takes place in 2080 on a colony of the moon called Little America. Oh, I am so sorry. It's pizza time. <laughs> it's pizza sorry, time. I pull this pizza. 
I was just talking about um, in 2080, uh, there is a colony on the moon called Little America. Yes. Somehow, Eddie Murphy's character, Pluto Nash, makes his way to the moon. He's an ex-convict, apparently. And he goes to this awful bar run by Jay Moore, who is trying to start his uh, career in uh, in the performing arts, doing music and stuff. He started off He's as a, a bagpiper. He's a singer doing bagpipes, doing some Irish songs. Uh, Scottish. <sighs> Whatever. Um... And Eddie Murphy walks in. He's friends with Jay Moore before this, right? Like he's coming up to see yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Like he's coming up specifically to see Jay Moore. And and he's like, hey, man, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what this you're place doing, sucks. Yeah, the bar is not is, is in like a real state of disrepair. Uh, there is the classic Eddie Murphy walks into a bathroom and it stinks bit. That is back. You got to have that. I mean, if you gotta, get Eddie, you're, get, you're getting the stink face. Again, that classic stink face. That's so. That's a positive. I, I love those stinky scenes. So one of your one of your positives. Uh, insert point noise here is uh, Eddie Murphy stink face. Stink face. Also, the main theme for Pluto Nash. Uh, there is a. I think there's like how many covers or remix covers of songs of yeah, Moon songs. I, I, I counted three. Um, but you like the first one, the remix of Blue Moon. Yeah, two thousand remix of Blue Moon. <laughs> That was funny. Um, then it emer- then there's a weird time skip that I didn't I didn't quite understand. Did you? Did, was there's it a did, seven did it year? Move? It skips forward seven years because he takes over uh, club ownership. The two yes. bookies that own the actually like financed uh, Jay Moore getting this club come in while while Eddie Murphy is exploring the stinky bathroom, uh, and oh, and are gonna well, kill. Mind. They're gonna <laughs> kill Jay Moore. How are they going to kill him again? They were going to pour battery acid down his throat. That is is correct. Also, nothing that is happening in this bar or on this quote-unquote moon colony feels futuristic. Yeah, no, it feels very much just like New York. Yeah. Um, Eddie Murphy takes over the bar, makes it super successful, becomes like the number one club or whatever in Little America. He finds himself in hot water. Club Pluto. He finds himself in hot water because the uh, the mob wants to buy his uh, his club and turn it into a casino. Right. He turns it down, and then there's just a hit on him, and then chaos ensues. Rosira Dawson comes in the picture because she wants a job as a singer at at a Pluto Nash's club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She comes, and he tells her, "You she, can be. She you can't friends, sing." But she, her dad was fr- old friends with Pluto Nash. I totally missed that, but um. Not surprising. Uh, not surprising at all. And then uh, Randy Quaid shows up as a uh, as his robot assistant, his robot butler. Right. Uh, it's kind of like his muscle. His muscle. Yeah. What was his name? I can't lie to you, Spooky. I forgot. It's Bruno. His name oh, is Bruno. Right, it's Bruno. Bruno. Uh, uh, do you want to describe the the look of Randy Quaid in this? He is bald. Has he veneers, stark bald with stark bald, no eyebrows either, right? I don't. No, I think there were eyebrows. I'm gonna look. I'm looking at a because picture I remember he, he looked kind oh, of. Oh yes, yes, he does have. He eyebrows. does have eyebrows, but there's like a there's like a glowing strip on the back of his bald head. That's like, oh, this is a robot. Uh, and he's and always wearing a, a silver suit that is so stiff that just like it's like it looks like it's made out of like aluminum. Yeah, this character was the worst part of this movie. How would uh can you how how would you describe the way he sounds? He talks like this. He talks like <laughs> with his mouth closed. <laughs> talks like he's a meth addict. He's like, yeah. And he has, like, it's a, <laughs> there's a weird thing like he's he has like this weird jealousy plot point with him it, like he's jealous of Pluto Nash and Rosario Dawson's relationship yeah it, like there's some weird it moments really in the movie pays yeah. all, it, it seems no. like they're setting him up to betray Pluto Nash yeah but he never does he never does <laughs> <laughs> um I'm trying to think of some other things that happen between now and the ending. Um, uh, oh, okay. Well, they they um, they send oh, Joey Pants, who plays like the muscle of the mafia. Uh, they send him in to try and get the club, and and Pluto's like not interested. 
And yeah, so yeah. uh, they bomb the club. And they bomb the club and then the adventure ensues. The adventure begins. And I use the term adventure lightly. Yeah, not much adventure. They go to like Pluto Nash's old hideout. Um, That's like... Right, it's like an not old, a part of the town. It's uh, like mining station, mining station. station, whatever. And there's a robot in there. Well, they steal a was, car first. Yeah, oh, God, they steal, uh, they car, steal a they, car. that's played by John Cleese. Is that where the Cleese car comes? Yeah, and yes, they have to steal yes, the car yes, to get out yes, too, because they yes. have to take it out of the city. Yes, John. There's Cleese's, like a gunfight in the city where you see you see some of the city, but it really does just look like a set of New York that they added a couple of uh, futuristic neon signs to. It looks like Universal City Walk. It looks like City Walk, yes. Actually, it that, has a lot of is, the same stores yeah, as City Walk. That is, that is another positive for me. I love that they created a City Walk. <laughs> it looks like City Walk. <laughs> I think uh, I had this thought that uh, it looks like uh, the album cover for the first Smash Mouth album. Yes, that was great. <laughs> Uh, they get to the moon, Pudonesh's hideout, and there's a robot in there that is a French maid, and all she does well, is you know, shop you stuff. Forgot and... the, there's a whole you meet Pudonesh's mom and everything. Oh, Pam! Right, they have no, to, like... she no, doesn't she arrive at his no. at the hideout? No, oh, you're it's right, in the yeah. city. It's at the ho- they get like yeah. a motel room. Uh, oh, you the see, motel. they do like sh- robot shenanigans with uh, <laughs> with the. Uh, with Bruno, then the then the mom shows up and he's she he's like mom, what what do I do? And she doesn't really offer anything useful other than being Pam Greer in the movie. Yeah, uh, and she does uh, distract the mobsters for a moment while oh, they we get forgot away. we forgot everybody loves Raymond Dad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Pluto, one of Pluto's like sources is Peter Boyle from Everybody Loves Raymond, who used to be a cop, but is now a, a guy who cop. just um, just a moon man who wears a Hawaiian shirt and pool halls. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Uh, so they... he tells him about the the guy in charge of the mafia, who's like people people don't know who it is, but like they like. People assume that it's this Earth mobster who is uh, played by Alec Baldwin. Like we assume that it's him under a different name. Yeah, Alec Baldwin shows up for like a cameo scene. Uh, he does. Uh, fun fact: I was I was reading about this is that he was so embarrassed of this movie that he demanded that he not be credited for his cameo. Wow! Oh wow! Tells tells, tells you. <laughs> yeah. Um. They get to that moon base. The, yeah, they the, get to the mining. They zone, find where he like stores old like stolen stuff. Yeah, somehow they find. He used to be find, a smuggler. Yeah. He used to be like a Lando Calrissian esque yeah. uh, smuggler. You would you could not tell that he was. A smuggler. I feel like the the pitch of this movie had to be like, what if we just like give Lando a movie? And it's like, who could play Lando? And it's like, ah, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. And it's like, ah, but how much of it's really a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to pay him a lot of money if you want to be in it. We're not going to have any money for a budget. (laughs) So, yeah. uh, So uh, there's a a robot maid there. Robot maid. And I forgot what her name was, but her whole thing is that she drops stuff and shows her rear end to uh, Randy Quaid's Bruno. Right. Randy Quaid is a robot who is sexually attracted to another robot. Uh, They both look like people. And uh, Randy is Randy is Randy. Randy's Randy. Uh, then they they somehow uh, you don't know how, but they the mobsters find their hideout and mm-hmm. they they smoke out uh, Pluto Nash and his. They have to have a shootout on the surface fellas. of the moon. Oh, there's, remember the vacuum scene of everything flying out? Oh yeah. Well, also they have these spacesuits that are just kind of like these leather, <laughs> these full leather outfits that, but they have cuffed bottom like like the 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 bottom of the pants bell bottom pants they're bell yeah. bottom pants <laughs> they're not sealed at all <laughs> you got that if you're you can't wear that in space baby what are you thinking what were what they are thinking? You thinking uh they somehow escape they they don't they're running away on foot both no, they get onto the car they they use the yeah, john but, cleese mobile <laughs> yeah but doesn't they blow up they get in a chase but then they get out and it blows up and yeah, there's, they like, to start uh, there's an explosion in, explosion in space. Yeah, then they start walking, and they both Eddie Murphy and Rosario Dawson pass out. 
with that uh, happens after they crash the car there's a car yes. chase there's like a whole there's car, a car chase. yeah an and then they crash chase. the car the car blows up uh because i guess it's nu- nuclear powered or something and uh and then yeah so they're walking they're trying to walk back they're trying to get to uh, like a, uh, the like, other city in the moon. Uh, the moon version of Las Vegas, which is like yeah. called like some. I think it's just I would called say more like oh, Atlantic. Oh, it's city. called Moon Beach. Yeah, Moon Beach. Um, real creative. They, they pass out. Bruno has to carry them, and then he freezes, he freezes or whatever, and dies. And well, then lo, die. lo and behold, the star of the movie, Louis Guzman, comes up. That's right. They're saved up, by the Puerto, a rogue, the Puerto Rican moon man himself. <laughs> They're saved by a rogue Guzman. <laughs> he finds them and he uh, he brings them all back online. Brings them back and Pluto Nash offers him like a. I mean, he's a big fan of Pluto Nash. He's dressed like he's a cowboy, just like say. a Puerto Rican cowboy. Um, um, you know, since this since watching this movie, I've had several dreams of being rescued by a rogue Luis Guzman. It's like, oh, he's here. He's gonna save me. He's like, hey, man. That's my best. That's my. That's, that's my I mean, that's it. it's it's brief enough that I can't say it's not accurate. <laughs> I think he has uh, a little. He has a little bit of a lisp, though. So yeah, talk like this. He has like a. He's like a. He has like a. If you do a, a Mike Tyson impression with it's kind of like a yeah. It's like Spanish. a Mike Tyson with like more of an underbite. Yeah, underbite a little of his Spanish New Yorky accent. It's like he has a piece of gum that he he's not willing to stop like take out of his mouth, but he doesn't want to chew anymore. Why would he? I don't know. Why would I, he I, get I, rid hey, of it. He's a unique guy. I really i I like Luis Guzman a lot, almost as much as I like Joey Pants. Wow, that's saying a lot. I know. So, so he gets them the rest of the way to, to Moon, uh, Beach. Moon Beach. They they sneak into where they Jay Moore's. They, yeah, ha- they, have they, to- have to, they only have his the uh, Luis Guzman's clothes, yeah. But they fit man. they fit them perfectly. <laughs> fit them quite perfectly. Randy Quaid puts on a, a blonde wig. Yeah. Yep. He then. Uh, I guess robots are and... not allowed within the um within the confines of the casino. I don't think that's true. No, his, they that. they say you have to check your robot. Yeah, but I think they didn't want to check him because if they checked them, they would know that they were here. Right, were but there. robots also are not allowed. <laughs> But because because once he like he books his room under Pluto Nash, like I don't think they care. I think they just wanted to have him as the muscle. Yeah, I mean he did rip off that that uh that casino. He, yeah, robot's he arm he um <laughs> he does. They do like a weird abusive joke where he like beats up a robot, a woman robot that is also a uh, a, a slot machine. And she was like uh. She was horny for him, and he was. She was like, like no, aggressively coming on to him, and he yeah. he um. Uh, I'm rips her somebody arm off else. and beats her with it. It's rough. And uh, then uh, Eddie Murphy rents a suit, and yeah, uh, yeah, rents a tuxedo. Rex he goes tuxedo. from his Panama Jack suit to a full tuxedo, and then tuxedo. they go to the Jay Moore show, who has changed his act to be more of a Frank What's Sinatra ripoff. Something uh, Francis. Tony Francis. Tony Francis. And the only reason Jay Moore came, came up with that name is because Pluto Nash inspired him. Right. To, Pluto to be a lounge, uh, Italian Frank Sinatra lounge singer. Instead of a Scottish death poet? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but he's had insane success with that as <laughs> the moon's only Frank Sinatra impersonator. He is not doing anything original. He's just singing Frank Sinatra song or just moon based song. He, he, he is working uh, more moon puns into Frank Sinatra songs. <laughs> he's a moon based artist. Right. Well, he starts with Fly Me to the Moon, which is the obvious choice, of course. Uh, and then uh, in, he instead of uh, New York. I love this town. He sings Moon Beach. I love this town. <laughs> Moon Beach. I love this town. Oh, God. And then somehow he, Eddie Murphy convinces Jay Moore to get him to a secret elevator to right, the, where they the, can take up um, to confront Alec Baldwin. Right. The mobster is supposedly staying stays in the um, the penthouse at the top of the casino, but you can only get to it through a private elevator. 
Jay Moore, all Jay Moore, who um has has two wives. Uh, he just met a girl that he really loved, and then had her cloned, and she was cool with that. Um, so weird. so so he agrees to help um Pluto get to the penthouse, but he have to jump over in his own. Uh, he have to take his private elevator up to a point, and then jump over to the penthouse private elevator and they set this whole thing up and pluto nash sees it and basically is like uh no i'm not gonna do that yeah fuck that and then uh they then they're captured the mobsters find their capture the mobsters find them and take them up you know, there yeah. <laughs> wouldn't they you take know them right up to <laughs> they take him right up to where he wanted to go and they confront who you think is alec baldwin but turns out it was a clone of Pluto Nash all along. Can you believe that twist? Were you ready for that? Did that surprise No, I you? wasn't. I, it did surprise me. I did not know that was coming. They had mentioned cloning several times, and yes. they went really heavy on it when like, he's like, I cloned my wife. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, they, they, I will say they didn't mention any incident that would lead me to believe that Pluto Nash had been cloned. Uh, because like after after they reveal that it is a Pluto Nash clone who's been like setting them up this whole time, uh, they're like, "How did this happen?" He's like, well, "Remember when you got your appendix removed uh, thirty years ago?" And it's like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> That's when it happened? You guys didn't even mention that ever." Um. Oof. So yeah. So Pluto Nash is revealed to have been cloned, and he took the the moniker Rex Crater, right? Rex Crater, that sounds right. Flintstone ass name, and then so he proceeded to like because they, they, it's convoluted. They cloned him because they wanted to get a casino on the moon, but they wanted a guy who knew the moon really well because Pluto used to be a smuggler on the moon. And so they had him and they wanted him to be the face of that operation. And he immediately got tired of being the puppet and killed, um, killed the guy, killed the, uh, the character of, uh, gosh, what was his name? I don't know. Alec Baldwin's character. They, he killed him and, uh, took over, uh, himself. So. Yeah, and then there's a whole shoot him. He's not the real right. man. And then uh, like, Eddie Murphy ah. does get in a fist fight with Eddie Murphy. They're both wearing the same suit, but the clone Eddie Murphy mocks him for wearing a rental. What is it? Literally the it's same the same, tuxedo. Exa- same yeah. tuxedo. Um. So yeah, the mobsters, including Joey Pants, are are trying to figure out which one to shoot. Um. Uh. And so to prove that he's Rex Crater and not Pluto Nash, uh, he shoots Bruno in the chest. And so the guys are like, well, he would never do that. So he shoots. uh, So they all shoot the other guy. But it turns out Pluto Pluto did shoot uh, Bruno because he knew he would be okay. Um, because, uh, I know he hasn't said it up to now, but, but Pluto always has a phrase and he says, never leave home without a, without an undershirt. And by undershirt, he means a bulletproof vest and Bruno was wearing one, but so was, so was Rex because he's also, he's also Pluto. So shooting him didn't do anything. And so they get, they have to fight again. (laughs) And then uh, doesn't the doesn't it all end with Pluto Nash t- tossing the other guy off the? Uh, yeah, off he the throws him out the window, I think, right? Yeah, and he falls and onto the table with a uh, Louis Guzman, right? Uh, Louis Guzman is in the is in the casino. He gets arrested yeah. for for loaded dice, so I think he's already gone. Uh, okay, I thought he landed on the table. Louis Guzman was playing at. I don't think so. I, I... the it's. I, th- this part doesn't it barely matters so uh, pretty much without any consequence um pluto takes over doing what rex did and gets his club back and goes back to running his club yep and then there's and a Owen joke Rosario Randy- Dawson is allowed to be a singer now and there's a, a joke made by Randy Quaid it's not even a joke but uh 
he can't be he can't be in a relationship with the with the uh, French made robot because he is in uh, quote unquote he is a sixty three, and she is a sixty two, and the, the the parts are just incompatible. Oh yeah, and he he says, uh, "Why don't you go get an adapter?" And he's like, "It just wouldn't be the same." Wouldn't be the same. And then I'm not sure what part it was, but remember they show they showed his robot penis. Yes, because Louis Guzman has to give him a jump. Oh yes, when they re- when he right, rescues yeah. them, he has to give that he hooks um he hooks <laughs> a jumper his... cable up to his up to his dick, which is just uh, a metal rod. That's my that's my last positive was that metal rod scene. Wow. Um, I think uh, I think it's. I'll give you my positives, even though I don't think I have to. But um, my positives were uh, as well. I I listed the the re- the two thousands remix of Blue Moon as <laughs> one of my positives, and then uh, also uh, Joey Pants's whole performance uh, just really did it for me. Love that guy. Uh, nice. Also. There is a Pluto Nash wears a jacket at some point uh, that is uh, yellow suede with uh, with it's just yellow suede in the shoulders and the rest is this honeycomb pattern and mm, I, I just like that. I thought that was a very cool jacket. Oh yeah, the style of the, like the wardrobe for some, Pluto Nash was pretty good. Yeah, Pluto Nash has like good wardrobe, but the style of this movie is not great. No, 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 no. It seems. Um, it has the kind of energy of Men in Black, except for um, without any of like the content. With like, it's just like nothing backing it up. It has like the same kind of like feeling, like the same energy, but without any thing underneath it. Uh, also, I I wanted to note that not a single uh, joke lands, except for when he <laughs> is fighting himself, uh, the clone of himself, and he punches a mirror. And breaks it. Oh, that's and his, right. And his, and his clone is on the other side and punches him <laughs> as soon as he breaks the mirror. And I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. Uh, but that was about it for me. Uh, it seems like they weren't even really trying to land any jokes. Had you seen this movie before? No, I've never. I told you, I've kind of. I remember watching the a scene from it or two, but I never I, watched I, yeah, the full thing. I had like scattered memories of scenes as well. But in my head, I was so sure that this movie was chock-a-block with, like, practical alien effects. <laughs> and it not one. Not a single alien in no. this movie. Like, barely. There's, like, robots, but barely. And they just, they all look like people. Yep. I, I, I thought for sure there was going to be aliens in this. And that's where I think the movie went wrong. It's like, you got to have practical aliens if you're going to have, like, like a sp- I think this movie could have worked if it was just a little more interesting. <laughs> I agree. It feels like kind of like one of the um, later Elliot Gould um, mystery movies where he's like <laughs> a kind of tired detective looking for something. And so it's like, but it can't be too exciting because it just isn't. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. It's a bad, it, it is a stinky movie. Um, I just, it's just like not that much going on there yeah there's yeah. just not that much there. that's the problem it's like yeah. it has i think it has promised like the uh, the concept of like eddie murphy is a club owner in space and he has to figure out why the space mafia wants his club and it's just like that's promising but nothing at all comes like of it nothing at all it's like one of those bad movie. It's a bad movie. I would never recommend anybody watch because yeah, because it's just not that. It's not that visually interesting, and the story is just like nothing. Other like there's a twist at it, but it's just like it's not an earned twist. Yeah, that's it's we, just I, like it seems like they couldn't get Alec Baldwin to come to the set. That's why I think the movie we spend uh, the, the the second movie we're going to be talking about today. Right. I think is a, so we spun, to me is a movie that I would I, I would want people to watch. <laughs> So yeah, we spun your wheel. Uh, now this and, movie that we that I spun, we got was a late addition to my wheel. I was surprised we landed on it so quickly. All right, so we 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 got the uh, the vaguely unauthorized follow up to Donnie Darko. S Darko is what I so luckily spun. <sighs> yep. 
so this movie um came it came out in what 2006 i would i think it was 2009 2009 yeah that's right no it came out 2009 and it does take place seven years after donnie darko uh so it takes place in 95 or something yes um and it follows the a specific misadventure of Donnie Darko's youngest sister Samantha Darko. Oofa mm-hmm. uh, doofa. <laughs> um, I have a, a plot summary here, which I'm gonna need to get through. Um, all right. All right. So, seven years after the death of Donnie Darko. Um, uh, I, I don't know if you remember what happens in Donnie Darko, but the plane engine does end up crashing into his room and all mm-hmm. is put right in the world. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean all is wrong because pretty much like the world is kind of fucked because the child pornographer gets away. Um, the family seems to be pretty upset. Uh, it seems like stuff's not good. <laughs> Anyways, they thought that was an uplifting ending that they should follow up. And so now, um, seven years after the death of Donnie Darko, a young man troubled by hallucinations of Doomsday. His now 18-year-old sister, Samantha, joins her best female friend, Corey. Oh, this summary's not well written. <laughs> her best friend, Corey, on uh, a road trip from Virginia to California. They break down. Their car breaks down in Utah. So uh, they're in the desert and a local bad boy pulls over to help them. Uh, That's Randy. And so (laughs) Corey is played by the lead from the Step Up franchise. Uh, And Randy is played by somebody from Gossip Girl. I don't watch the show, but he's the guy who squints a lot. He like he's constantly like smoldering. He's a smoldering character, yeah. He gives, like, a smoldering look at all times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also uh, mumbles the entire movie. He's, like, he's oh acting like Don't he's too cool to actually speak. Yeah, you have like, to watch this movie with subtitles immediately. Yeah, we did, because I couldn't understand what... Vocal like, fry and mumbling. <laughs> yeah. Randy, uh, he, he said, yeah, man, I make you guys want me to fix your car or something, you know. <laughs> what randy what did you say what is that I, you know i if, if you want me to i could fix your car in your car whatever my, no brother's dead. <laughs> my baby brother's dead so um they are kind of in this they're stuck in this town while randy is gonna fix their car they need a new water pipe in their car or something what yeah water pump or whatever he's gonna yeah he's gonna go through the junkyard find the part and put it in their car but he's gonna take his time um so they kind of spend time meeting the eccentric locals um there is a man named iraq jack who is a veteran of the iraq war um, he is homeless and he's going through a tough time. He's a young he's man suffering from severe PTSD, severe PTSD. And everyone in town hates him, hates his guts. Yeah. Um, they know he killed them babies. Well, How they, they know he killed. They babies? know he killed babies because he does say it pretty like <laughs> easily. He, he, uh, I mean, a, there is it. a scene late <laughs> in the movie where. Uh, Randy is, is fixing the car and Iraq Jack walks up to him and Randy says, Hey, are you supposed to be back here? And Iraq Jack says, I killed babies. I killed babies. <laughs> I killed babies. And then he goes into detail and Randy's like, all right, man, this is like why people don't like you. <laughs> you didn't <laughs> talk like, like this. Maybe people would give you a shot, but you know, conversationally you're tough. Uh, so in, in meeting these kind of eccentric local eccentric locals, um, they find out that a local boy, Billy Moorcraft has gone missing and 
through exploring the town a little more, they find out that this is something that has kind of happened maybe before. Kids have gone missing before. Um, so they, Samantha is struggling with her brother's death, even uh, even all these years later. And she is sleepwalking, similar to how he did. Uh, so while wandering that first night, she meets um, she meets uh, Iraq Jack, uh, who is actually named Justin. Um, how do you know never, that? I'm looking at it on the page. Oh. It's never mentioned. They only call him Iraq Jack. Uh, and so he is sitting on top of a windmill. Uh, she climbs up to have a conversation with him. And then she like throughout the movie when she's sleepwalking, she turns into this kind of like ghost version of herself. Like she flashes into this like ghostly white version of herself in the specific dress who has like a pretty significant head wound. Um, and that version of her tells Iraq Jack that the world is going to end in a specific amount of time. Um, uh, and the, the movie uses that as a framing device to kind of count down the movie. Uh, but it doesn't really work because they don't really use it well. Uh, but he already knows that the world's going to end. Um, and... It's, he, it gets so convoluted at right, this point. Right, because he, she gets him to jump off the tower before a meteorite crashes into it. What we destroying think is Destroying the tower. When right, it well, actually is it. <laughs> I, I will get into that at some point. But the meteor, the, the windmill is destroyed and Jack is not dead. Uh, and, and the guy who owns the windmill is like pissed. He's like, man, this is like, this was my expensive windmill. <laughs> this was worth a lot of money. It's worth so like six hundred dollars. The guy, uh, uh, Ethan Hawke's brother, who runs the motel, uh, says, "Well, why don't you just, you know, sell the meteorite to some some nerd? Like some space nerd will come buy that for a good penny." And the guy's like, "Ah, oh, I guess, I guess that's true. I could do that." And so a local, uh, a young high school nerd. Pulls up and and buys the uh, buys the meteorite for six hundred dollars. I don't think he was in high school. I think he was just a nerd. Maybe college age. Yeah, I would say college age. He was like driving a BMW. He's local. He's a local. Uh, you could tell he's a nerd because he's wearing thick uh, thick rimmed glasses. Oh, we forgot to mention that Randy had a pack of cigarettes rolled up in his sleeve. Right, right. Yeah, he he did have a pack of cigarettes rolled up into his sleeve, so you could tell he is, that's how you can identify him as the bad boy. He is the bad boy. He's the bad boy. Uh, he doesn't do anything particular. No, I guess he does at some point do a bad thing. Um so uh, this this summary gets pretty vague here and it just says a series of mysterious encounters and events follows. <laughs> <laughs> great like uh, so strange. jeremy is the name of the guy who buys the meteorite uh yeah. he chats with samantha at the um oh samantha and and Corey are at the diner where there is a woman uh, the woman working there she's an older lady who hates iraq jack uh she just like pops in to let him know that hey i work here uh i get it i used to be on the road also i hate iraq jack and uh, then Jeremy tries to kind of flirt with Samantha and Corey asks if uh, he is a gay. Uh, <laughs> and he is understandably taken aback by that like, line of questioning. Excuse uh, me? And she goes, isn't Jeremy a gay name? <laughs> and... And then the conversation comes to a complete halt, really, because it's just like, <laughs> it what, just are you, there. what just are you, around. what are you talking about? He just turns around and eats his sad BLT. He's like, all right, just... I'm just going to eat my sandwich then. Jesus. <laughs> then uh, Samantha gets Samantha... fed up and I don't know. They're, I think they yeah, both well, get up and leave. And then she well, tells Corey Jeremy. wants them to skip out on their bill. And then she leaves. Yes, yes. Samantha leaves money on the table. And as she's walking out, she, she taps, uh, Jeremy on the shoulder and sit and lets him know that she doesn't think he's a gay. Um, just really great stuff there. Great. Right. Um, I love it. I, 
Woof a doofa. Uh, and then so what happens next? Uh, <clears throat> Randy uh, pulls up and oh, he, this is kind of where he tells them about his younger brother who disappeared a while ago and they think yeah. he's dead. Um, and then they're kind of walk there. They do a lot of wandering of this town and they just can't kind of keep meeting people. Uh, there's like a woman who is super religious. Um, she has a key bracelet that comes into play later. Um, and then they, they wander onto the church and meet a guy who is, uh, you know, just tending his garden and, uh, yeah, he's, pa- he's the pastor of the church, and Corey is just like super rude to this dude. <laughs> just like aggressively, uh, aggressively randy to this guy because she thinks it'll get a rise out of the Jesus guy. And he's like, "No, I used to be like, I used to be like a criminal, but now like I, I get, I so I Christ. get what you're doing." <laughs> and um, he offers he he hands a book to 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 samantha that is called jesusonomy by c fisher Fisher. who is the director of the movie um (laughs) and this is one of my highlights is is the the book and cover of jesusonomy because it looks it has like this kind of like 60s graphic design on it it looks like a sci-fi book but it's just like got jesus busting out of some kind of sphere (laughs) um here he comes yeah so that, that that's one of my highlights of them. That's one of my positive uh, things. Uh, so let's see what happens later. What's the next thing that happens in this movie? Isn't it the beginning of the time traveling aspect of this? Flip? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think that happens until. Oh, death. isn't it the party? Yes, there is a house party thrown by. Randy. There is a party. Um, where people are kind of, it's like they're doing high school party stuff. Yeah. And like, uh, this is where Randy shows Samantha, his brother, his dead brother's room where like, everything is like wrapped in plastic to be preserved. And he's like, his parents are out of town. He's like, don't touch anything. This is my brother. Freak. And then Samantha tell tells him what their plan is. Like she and Corey are going to California where Corey's dad owns a club where they can, I guess, be dancers. Uh, and he kind of makes an off color comment about that. And she's like, not having that. So they do not hook up um, in, Much is in, in, in Randy's dead brother's room. <laughs> um, and so later, uh, um, Oh, earlier at the party, Corey pushes Samantha in the pool for like no reason. Corey is like becoming like less and less like okay as a person. She's like just becomes kind of intolerable. Yeah. Um, and then because they seemed a little close at the beginning, they were on this this you know journey together, and they they had like a catchphrase. What was their catchphrase, Eric? What was their catchphrase again? Randy and I mean, Samantha no, Corey, and Corey. Co- Corey and Samantha. They had oh, a thing. it was like, we're still perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're so perfect. And then Immaculate. Goes, Immaculate. <laughs> um, and so after the, the night of the party, while she's sleepwalking, she, uh, she meets up with Iraq Jack again uh, and commands him to burn down the church. And he just does it. He like, he's like, yeah, of course he calls her like his princess. Um, and he does. Yeah. He like burns the church down and the police, uh, the next day, the police just like straight up find his dog tags in but the fail to find him at all. Yeah, they don't he's do like anything. around. They just like stop looking for him. <laughs> they're like, you did this. And they're like, all right, well, continuing to believe that guy sucks. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's weird. Um, And then Samantha meets up with. 
Jeremy, who is kind of acting strange, like, um, he's like, he's like not wearing his glasses anymore. And he's acting way more confident for no reason. He's like, he's like, I figured it out. I know what life is about. And he's like kind of scratching his shoulder and she's like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I have a rash. And so he's like acting like some, like, this is my, one of my highlights is that Jeremy is apparently going through his own kind of like Venom-esque situation with this meteorite that we never explore deeper than this at all. Like he just like gets a rash and acts a little bit differently in the background. But like this thing is like clearly like changing him. <laughs> like, yeah. oh yes, yeah, weird. Like he has a rat. He has like the veins popping out. Of yeah, his he head. like becomes more aggressive, and like he's like, oh yeah, he has like veins that pop out of his head, and he can like do psychic stuff. Fucking weird. Yeah, and it just but that only comes into play for like a second later in the movie. But. <laughs> but but I liked it because they don't, they don't go into it. They're like, yeah, it's just happening over there. Uh, Don't worry about it. So during that day, Justin has like pretty much uh, lost his Justin. I mean, uh, Iraq Jack has lost his mind completely and begins like forging a bunny mask, like the bunny skull from the first movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he's making it of like sheet metal. So it's like, and it's got like barbed wire wrapped around it. So it's like, super jagged and it's fucks his face up but he works it um so samantha is just kind of walking down the road and oh no you know she meets up with the pastor again at this movie theater oh yes and he like puts the moves on her and she's like he tries to like fucking finger blast her like yeah he like like at a Gross. movie, theater, like she, she like goes to see the bird down church. Is like, oh, I'm sorry about this. This is crazy. And he's like, I don't even care. Come to my movie theater. And they go to this movie theater and they sit in the front row, and they basically kind of talk about the scene from the first one where they're watching Evil Dead Two, and he just like sees the future, and he's like, sometimes I sit here and I just watch the screen and wait for God to tell me what to do, and then he just like tries. He like slides his hand up her leg. She's like, yuck, what are you doing? No, 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 nothing, nothing at all. And then the church lady comes in. Yeah, the church lady is like, like waiting for them outside. And, and, and Samantha is like, yeah, uh, she pretty much tries to tell the church lady, like, this guy's a creep. Like, I don't know what your deal is, but you need to not be so into him. Oh, that's right. Cause she's at the, um, she sees her earlier at the police station when she sees Jeremy and she's taught and she tells her how much she's like sexually into Jesus, which is another one of my positive things is she describes her relationship with Jesus as like a sexual one. Cause he says like, he's like muscly and like, <laughs> oh, big brown muscles big and brown has, muscle uh, thunders man. in his eyes. He has thunder in his eyes. And I was like, and she just like gets hot and bothered describing Jesus. And uh, I just thought that it was interesting to have this woman who is um, having sex with Jesus. Uh, and so when she, when Samantha Lee like runs out of the movie theater and is like, Hey, that guy's a creep. She's like, no, he, no, no, no. And, and the, the pastor is like, you have to understand it wasn't my fault. And she's like, I do understand. I believe you. I believe that some that 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 young teenage girl wanted was like tempting you, and it's like oh, a lot of red flags. Uh gosh, this movie is so fucking long. <sighs> it's not that long though. It's like only an hour. It's just, and forty. It, I minutes, know, maybe. but it feels, it feels so forever. long. Yeah. yeah. Um. So then Samantha is walking down the street and Corey pulls up in Randy's car and Samantha's like, look, can we get out of here? I do not like this town. And they start and Samantha and Corey says some like real shitty stuff to to Samantha. She's like, what are you going to try and kill yourself again? It's just like, yuck. (laughs) And then so Randy is like, come on, come with us. We're we're drinking and driving. 
<laughs> Samantha's like, nah, pass, man. And she walks up the road. And uh, and then so Randy tries to like speed by her, but they is like T-boned at the intersection by a car that comes out of nowhere. It's the that, same exact car they drove into town, by the way. Yeah, it's their car. And so and so it's somehow in everyone in the car survives in Corey's like <laughs> he's a uh, drop top, but Samantha is hit at some, in some way and does die. The main character dies in this car accident. And, and so we switch over to have Corey be the main character for a little while. I think for the next 20 minutes, right? Yeah, for like the next 15, 20 minutes. And so she's just like really ripped up by the death of her friend who she was super mean to. Um, And so she's like going through Samantha's bags and she finds a book about time travel and doesn't read it, just kind of puts it on top of a Bible. Um, and then she finds a story that Samantha wrote as a child about a princess and a boy named Justin. I didn't really catch that connection, but, uh, she reads it. It doesn't do anything. Uh, and then after like the, a weird boy, like this weird ghostly boy appears to her in her sleep and he's like in red pajamas and like commands her to like, she has to follow like that, that weird time water stream that comes out of her chest. And it's, and he's like, look, you have to do this. This, You don't really have a choice. And so she like, she's like forced into time traveling back in time. Like she goes into a cave and that has a portal in it that takes her back in time. So there's time travel, but it, it takes her back like a day, just like to the beginning of the day of yesterday. And yeah, everything just kind of moves backwards and we just go back to the car crash scene where Corey and Randy drive up and Corey's like nicer and doesn't and. Oh, cause she was kicked out of the car the first time for being like essentially a real, a real stinker. Uh, but this time, cause she's nicer to Samantha, she stays in the car so when it's hit, Corey dies and Samantha stays alive and is devastated by Corey's death. So it's just kind of they switch. It's like a pointless thing that happens. Yeah. It's just basically eats 20 minutes of the movie. Um, And so she's just like she just like now has a reason to be mad at Randy, who's just like super apologetic is like, I'm sorry. I like, what can I do? And she's like, can you unkill my friend? Uh, And that's, of course, not an option. And then she sees a dress that she likes. She's like, can you buy me that dress? He's like, no, I can't do that either. And she's like, well, what are you fucking good for, dude? Jesus. Darko, indeed. And then, like, nothing ever happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Really, nothing between them really happens. Um, uh, but Jeremy does overhear her interest in the dress that is at his family's dress store that he works at. Um, I guess. So then the, isn't that where we, then isn't that where he, he heads butts Randy, right? Right, right, yeah. Randy's like on a bicycle, of course, because his car is broken. Because <laughs> he's fucking totaled his car. And and uh so Jeremy's like, why don't you get out of here, man? And Randy's like, Are you fucking serious right now? Like, get the fuck out of here. And he's like, get out of here. And then he just like Jeremy just like randomly headbutts him off the bike. Yeah. And uh, so we get to see that, that Jeremy is really going through some changes. Yeah, his forehead starts fucking moving. Yeah. Veins like, and popping everywhere. Uh, and then so after another sleepwalking incident uh, where nothing really comes to that. No, she just like she sees the kid like Samantha. I don't Samantha sees like the same kid that Corey saw. Uh, then she 
finds that she is outside uh, with Justin on top of like a cliff. And he is her, his face is all fucked up because he's been wearing this bunny mask that he made uh, inexplicably. He doesn't need to. He doesn't mm. like there's no reason and for him to wear it. Doesn't help thing. with the time traveling aspect. It doesn't help it. with anything. In fact, it becomes quite a problem at some point. Uh, and he tells her that the book about time travel that she owns and has never mentioned uh, was written by his grandmother and yes. says that he made a bunny skull from a drawing that Samantha's deceased brother made, which is like, what? What are you fucking talking about? And then so Samantha just like kind of walks away from this guy and is like, all right, so. She's walking, and then right below the cliff that she's on, she finds a cave where there are two bodies of dead boys, and right next to it is the the wrist the 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 bracelet that had the key on it that the church lady had. Yep. And so, uh, Randy's little brother is one of the dead boys, of course, and then the other one is Billy Moorcroft, the missing boy. And so the town people assumed that Iraq Jack did this, that he murdered these two kids because I mean, he's, he has talked a lot about killing babies before baby killers. This is close to that. I guess it's not a bold leap, but, uh, you know, fucking Samantha knows that the church lady had that bracelet on and she's pretty sure it was the preacher who did it. And I am too. So she tries to tell the cop who is like this shorts wearing doofus. And he's like, no, we're pretty sure it's going to, we're going to go ahead and assume it was Iraq Jack. And that's fine. I guess. <laughs> um, the but the ta- everyone up. like thinks that she's a hero. Everyone like gives her a round of applause at the diner. And it's like, yeah, they do a slow clap. Like, thank you for your service. But yeah. They do a thank you for your service. <laughs> Uh, and so the police take Iraq Jack into custody. Um, that night, Samantha is given the dress by Jeremy, and he asks her on a date, and she goes with him. They take she takes him back to the hilltop, uh, and they say they say they see these things. They look like shooting stars falling to earth, but they are in fact tesseracts. What's a tesseract? You may ask. It is a fourth dimensional object. And they just see a bunch of them falling from the sky to earth. And they're just like plummeting into the ground. Well, Jeremy calls them. Jeremy has apparently summoned these tesseracts. Yes. And so they're just crashing into the city and shit. And he becomes manic and violent. And and Samantha's like, what is going on, man? He's like, I just he, he he really wants a kiss from her. And she's like, I'm not into it. And uh, so he pushes her uh, with his weird, he, and his head, forehead gets all veiny. He pushes her and she falls and she uh, hits her head on the bunny mask that oh my God, Iraq right. Jack left on the ground. And that's where the big shrapnel in her ghost head is from. So she looks like the ghost version of herself now. And uh, yeah, she's dead. She lies. She falls and lies motionless and she has a big gash in her head and, and tesseracts are falling to, to earth. Um, so then a ghost version of her ghost self visits Iraq Jack in jail. Uh, Randy uh, tries to find is trying to look for Samantha as the tesseracts are falling from the sky. Un- unknown why he's doing that. Um, <clears throat> Iraq Jack puts on his mask, go goes up and gets it. I guess she like lets him out of jail, or she like gives him like a portal, right? Yeah. Like I don't understand the rules here. What is this movie trying to say, Colton? And so so by putting on the mask and giving him this portal, he goes back in time and then to the night where before when he was on the windmill. So he climbs back up on the windmill and waits for the meteorite to hit him. And he just like gets hit. And because he dies, 
the rest of the thing, the rest of the movie is different. So the rest of the movie honestly doesn't even happen. It doesn't Nothing happen. Happens. <laughs> Nothing happens in this movie. Like the kid is still in the mind. Nothing is going to be resolved. Right. Samantha is getting on a bus back to Virginia. Nothing yeah, the happens. kid is still going to die. You see him alive in the mind. They like flash to everybody. He's like reaching a... out his hand like, please, someone come help me. I'm alive. Right. Like, so nobody is saved except for Samantha, who is just like gets a, a bad feeling about the town after a person is killed. Like, and she's like, all right, I'm going to go home. And so she catches a bus home and she survives, but that kid is still going to die. That, that like preacher is still like a child murderer. Um, like the meteorite, the, the tesseracts are still going to happen too, because like now uh, uh, Ethan Hawke's brother, the motel guy, he, uh, he gets the meteorite and he starts experiencing the rash. So like, he's going to do the same thing. So weird. And, the end of the world is coming regardless, I guess, is the point of the movie. Nothing you can do to change it. Yeah. And so basically the, the movie ends with her getting on a bus and just deciding to leave and nothing else happens. Corey isn't with her. Corey's still going to stay. I don't know what the fuck is happening. She's going to marry Jeremy and live a happy life. And that. Well, she admits at some point that like she doesn't know her dad and her dad doesn't know her and she doesn't know if like they actually have a job waiting for them. And so Samantha's just like, all right, peace. I'm out. Yeah, I will say, in the, in conclusion, this movie is a fun watch with friends because it's some of the stuff that happens is just ridiculous. It's fucking bonkers. It's confusing. Yeah, it's confusing as hell. So it is a fun watch with friends. And I, uh, if you're a fan of the original, if you've seen the original Donnie Darko, you please watch this. It's so funny, so strange. It's a it's, strange movie. Uh, yeah, because the guy, the guy who made the original Donnie Darko, has made it clear that he was not involved with this. Yeah. This was made against his wishes. The best and... thing is that this movie killed any potential sequel to Donnie Darko <laughs> oh, for in his sure. eyes. Like he said, like this is like, well, he had never planned on making a sequel. He didn't well, want to do it. If he did this now, he's definitely not going to, <laughs> he is no, idea. yeah. And this, uh, I mean, a critical failure on all counts. Uh, this doesn't even have like a cult following. It's impossible to have one because yeah. it's it just is on like, Amazon. We watched it through Amazon. I rented it. I rented, I paid $3 to watch it. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's okay. Thank you for your service. Thank Trump. He paid me. So, ah, uh, well, I won't. But <laughs> <laughs> crazy, he paid you your money. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's Samantha Darko. Um. Yeah, S. Darko. I, I, I know that you'd recommend it. I, I mean, maybe with friends, but like otherwise, I can't recommend You're it. Clear, it was just yeah. kind of confusing and um, uh, frustrating. <laughs> Uh, but to list off my three things that I liked, I liked the Jesus Anomie book uh, and design of that cover, the character of the woman who is uh, having sex with Jesus, and uh, the plot thread uh, of Jeremy going through a uh, space Spider-Man transformation <laughs> that is barely touched upon. What were your yeah. three things for Pluto? I get, For Pluto, they were the beginning song of Blue Moon, the cover of Blue, Blue Moon. Moon. Um, this fact that it looked like Universal City Walk, mm. I love that. And I gotta say, I, I love my, City Walk, man. I love City Walk. You can see me there every every day. I'm there. Um, <laughs> trying to think of the third. I think it was that Randy Quaid joke with his penis and being hooked oh, the, up by uh, Louis Guzman. Uh, you know, I'll just say my third favorite thing was Louis Guzman. He was really he okay. was funny in the movie. Yeah, yeah, he was really giving it his all. Yeah. All right. So, so, so do you wanna? We we have to spin our wheels. We got to pick the movies. Oh right, shit. Um, I have mine we, ready to go. I, I don't have mine. I have you yours. I, be, I have your list actually. Can you send me that wheel that you sent me before? Actually, yes, I can. All right. Give me one second. Let me just paste your list in here. Do 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 do. All righty. I'll uh, fill the air time with some some light shapes. Um, Pluto Nash, Pluto Nash. Here we go, Colton. Check the chat of the Zencastar. Okay, ready. So we went with Colton's movie first. Colton's movie first last time, so I'll go first this time. Okay. So here we go. It's spinning, it's spinning, it's stopping. 
Oh, Christmas with the Cranks. Oh, man. Holiday themed movie. Christmas in July. Christmas in July, baby. (laughs) This will almost certainly not be out by the end of July, but. Uh, Let me. I have to replace my my Pluto Nash pick with another one, add something to the wheel. Um, I'm just going to put something in there. All right. So on my wheel, we will be watching Best Friends slash Fiends, the Tommy Wiseau follow-up movie. Oh, man. I believe it's a two-parter, too, so Uh, we have to really put some asides. uh, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week for Christmas in the Cranks and Best Friends slash Fiends Part 1 and 2. If we get through it, I might bail on that. <laughs> you might. <laughs> this might be the one that breaks you early. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, remember to rate us on iTunes, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening.